Welcome to the XY Advisor podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Welcome to another episode of the XY podcast. Today you are hanging out with Emily, not Clayton, and I am joined by my guest from the West, um, Western Australia that is, uh, with Brad Ellison. Thank you for Hi. coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. I think it's a great community. So any way I can help uh, other members of the community, I'm very happy to. Thanks. Thanks very much. Oh, of course, of course. I We've sort of connected and had gone backwards and forwards in conversation both on XY and through email as well. And given the sort of environment that we find ourselves in, I was very excited to invite you onto the show to have a bit of a conversation sort of around remote tools because that's what triggered our kind of initial conversation. Um, yeah, and we absolutely. sort of went backwards and forwards and I thought there was some great value to unpack and share with the rest of the community. So I was, um, yeah, really excited to get you on. Now, I just yeah, want to thank you. Yeah. start off with asking, whereabouts are you tuning in from? And the reason I ask is because, I mean, there's probably 98% of people who normally work in an office potentially working from home at the moment. So uh, everyone's world's definitely had to pivot and adapt. So are you at home at the moment? Are you at the office? What does, what does it look like for you? Yeah, sure. We Well, I am at home at the moment. All of our team are at home at the moment as well. So, yeah, we closed our office. I think this is our fourth week now, actually, that we've been closed for uh, under sort of taking steps to self-isolate and, you know, to manage this pandemic and all of that sort of thing that we're challenged with right now. So we've been office-based since our business started in 2001. Uh, this is the first time I guess we've actually closed and worked remotely, uh, but we've always been structured in a way that we always had the ability to work remotely um, and as we as we chose through using our technology. So we're sort of quite fortunate in that the tools we're using at the moment, we're not using purely because now we are home-based or working remotely. It's things we've used even in an office environment because they're really great tools to run a device business with. So uh, yeah, so it's quite simple for us to make that transition to working from home. Um, funnily enough, to the point now where we're actually looking at doing it as our permanent uh, solution for how we operate our, our company. So, yeah, we're actually taking this as an opportunity to, to really have a look at whether or not we actually need office space in the future because uh, it's a significant expense for most businesses. So we, uh, we're looking at actually adapting and, and utilising sort of a bit of a hybrid of remote work and either sort of a serviced office space or service boardroom or something like that for some of that face-to-face -face interaction and for meetings we may need to have in person, you know, once we're beyond this sort of pandemic stage, I suppose. Absolutely. Now, did you, did, did that sort of thought process, was that brought on off the back of this pandemic or had you kind of been considering moving to remote work or, yeah, how, how did that sort of unfold? Look, the reason we're looking at doing this uh, sort of indefinitely now is because we have been thinking about it for a while now. So as the current lease of where we were based was, was starting to come to an end, we, we really thought long and hard about, well, what is it, is it that we actually value about office space and what do we get for the return and the cost that, that we have to invest in it? And because we've been set up for so long now to, to, to work uh, remotely and we have great tools and a great team, um, it was something we were talking about for, for quite a while. And we thought, well, look, if we're going to be working from home for 
anywhere between one and six months, and we weren't really sure at the outset, and hopefully won't be as long as six months. But uh, at the outset, we thought, well, this is really a good litmus test for us to actually see how this would actually work out for us. And we thought that with, with our team and our culture and our tools and the way that we've been using them for a while now, we, we believe we would be able to do it. And the past month has actually proven that we, we genuinely can. And that uh, clients, for the most part, other than if we've jumped on a video with them and they, they know that I'm at home, they wouldn't actually know that anything's changed, you know, in terms of how we're servicing them. Uh, they, they would just assume we're still in an office right now. So, um, yeah, so that, that really was the culmination of a lot of that, that sort of thinking. And uh, we actually had, unfortunately, like, like you guys have had in, in, in Sydney across the eastern states, we had a storm front come through in February in Perth um, and we ended up with about 20 or 30% of our office flooded, <laughs> the ceiling collapsed. And uh, so it was very much one of those unplanned events where we almost had a bit of a litmus test before we knew how serious the coronavirus was going to be, where we had to kind of instantly you know, pivot and start working remotely while we were getting that repaired and replaced and so on. And um, we sort of took, took that as, a, and as, a, as an example as to why having the technology and the tools we use is so invaluable because we never missed a beat. Clients didn't even know it had happened to our office until we put photos on Facebook. So um, it, it just meant that we could do that. And we thought, geez, you know what? We can deliver this anywhere. And the engagement, it, in fact, probably has gone up with a lot of our clients in the last four weeks. So we sort of had a bit of the litmus test, unfortunately, with the flood in February. And then with the closure about a month ago, we've, yeah, we've now made the decision this is actually probably our long-term strategy. So that's very exciting. Wow, it sounds um, almost like a blessing in disguise. You, you, you yeah, both a were a few steps ahead of the game, ahead of everyone else. You know, I remember you sending me that email actually to say that you've had to pivot and go to remote work for a few days with the storm. And then I thought about it and I went, wow, well, yeah, they were already set up and ready to go. And us, I mean, we've got video one at the moment. I'm looking at you and if you hadn't have told me that you were at home, I would have thought you were in your office. That's kind of why I wanted oh, to. Oh, that right? Because <laughs> yeah. I was looking at, and I'm like, okay, there's a 50, 50% chance that you're in your office or you're at home. And I was wrong. So there you go. I would not have even known the difference. That's why I put a nice photo behind me. <laughs> I know. And yet for me, you're looking at a behind me at my couch and my window. So, you know, <laughs> remote, remote life, right? Remote life. That's fantastic. Yeah, but look, I mean, that, that was probably one of those learnings for us as well is that I wanted to sort of convey to people through this podcast that this technology isn't only valuable because you're working remotely. Now, a lot of people may be working remotely at the moment, but intending to go back to an office or whatever their sort of, you know, normal work life looks like. Um, and, to, and to really encourage them to keep using these tools that we're going to talk about, uh, because it is so valuable, irrespective of where you're working. But our passion really is around trying to sort of help business to be successful as well. And one of the things, particularly with my background, that concerned me, and the reason that we've been cloud-based for it'll be over 10 years now and have been using these tools for so long as well, is that, you know, I've got a real passion about it. And I believe that if your business has to operate from a specific location or has to operate with specific hardware, whether it's a laptop or a server or a physical hard drive plugged in somewhere, then you've got really substantial business risk in terms of things like a flood or a coronavirus. Um, but also you don't have the ability to control um, what you do and how you de deliver services to, to your clients. So, you know, we, we made that change many, many years ago. And it just means that with unplanned change like we're faced with at the moment, it was really quite simple for us to just continue business as usual. 
Yeah, that is fantastic. So I am definitely keen to explore, um, I guess, the tools and processes that you and your team have implemented or are using at the moment. Um, but just before there, before I get there, just a couple of quick questions just to sort of better sure. understand your setup. So how many are in your team? So we've got eight staff in our team. Uh, that's a mix of advisors. We've got an accountant, a bookkeeper, sorry, two, two bookkeepers and support staff. So uh, all, of, all, all of us are based in Perth, but we're all working from home at the moment. So we've got eight in our team and we use an external para planner who's based in Queensland. Ah, fantastic. And you've been yeah. in the advice industry for industry for how many years? How long? Uh, just over 10 years now I've been advising. So I come from a finance and project management background and yeah. my business partners are both accountants as well. So, uh, yeah, I've been advising for 10 years, but in and around finance and project work and that sort of thing for, for much longer than that, yeah. That's awesome. And we, we were chatting just offline before we jumped on to the podcast here around how you came to be in advice. So I would love for you to share a little more or expand on what we were chatting about earlier in to how you move from project management into advice because I thought that was a great story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, I uh, yeah, left uni doing a Bachelor of Business and did finance and management in that. Went into work in the corporate world. So I've worked in uh, banking and I've worked in mining, which it seems like almost everyone in Perth has a stint in mining at some point. Uh, so I was doing that in project management. A, a lot of project management is around uh, efficiency and automation and sort of you know, maximising uh, your outcomes for as little cost as possible and those sorts of things. So I've always been really passionate and interested in efficiency, operational efficiency, and a lot of that comes with technology, uh, though that really should be what underline, uh, under, uh, underlines most of that. So, um, so that was sort of my background, but I certainly was getting to a point where I was getting less uh, dissatisfied, I suppose, with, you know, working for big corporates, doing long hours, and really, the, the only ever focus is maximising shareholder return. I just felt like there was sort of something missing in that space um, for me. So I wanted to sort of help people. And uh, a couple of years before starting advising and, and uh, working on this business, my business partner was in a very similar situation. He happened to actually be in, uh, he's a very good friend of mine. Um, we've been friends for many, many years. He actually happened to be working for a mining company in the same building I was working for a mining company in. And we would sort of share these these stories and say, yeah, we really should look at doing something better with our skill set and actually really sort of giving back and helping people. So um, that's sort of what what turned us towards moving into the advice space to try and help people with some of our skill sets. And we help small businesses because of our, our backgrounds. We help individuals, families, um, all age ranges and that sort of stuff. Um, but what sort of really struck me was when I entered the advice industry, so I'm 43 now, so I entered it when I was 32, um, I didn't actually have an appreciation for what a lot of the, I guess, the general public or the media thought of financial planning. I'd always had a pretty good experience with it. I came in with open eyes, very energised about it. Didn't really realise there was sort of a negative, um, uh, you know, view of, of, of advisors and what they did. I also sort of struggled with trying to do what I'd always done professionally in the advice space around things like, uh, you know, only getting paid if there was a product at the end of it or, or um, you know, working for months without getting paid when you've actually delivered huge amounts of value. So we sort of came in thinking, wow, is that how you get paid in financial services? This is, this is crazy. So we, um, yeah, so from, from day dot, we operated as a, as a flat fee advice practice and we openly tell clients, you know, you will pay us a fee whether we end up recommending a product or not because it's about certainty. It's about achieving your goals. It's about, you know, short-term and long-term planning. It's about having us as your 
partner and your mentor and your coach to get to where you want to be. It's not about um, necessarily having to provide a product, albeit that often that's what, you know, it helps people get to what they're trying to achieve. So uh, that, that was sort of our entrance to the profession and also why uh, I, I suppose as someone that's reasonably new, um, having done this for 10 years uh, and coming at it from sort of, you know, very fresh eyes, I suppose, is it's really exciting to see some of the more recent changes, you know, this XY community, um, you know, the way the profession's moving in terms of, you know, value-based advice and so on, it is where we thought it's had to be for, for 10 years. So it's really good. That's awesome. And I love from what I'm hearing from that is you've really stepped into it with a different, from a different viewpoint, I suppose, or a different yeah. perspective and sort of gone hang on a minute, what do you mean this is how it's always been done? Why, why are we not doing it, you know, this particular way or adapting and pivoting in there? So, which I think is awesome. That breeds new ideas and innovation, right? Instead yeah. of having that same filter of like, no, 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 well, this is, this is how I got told to do it. This is how we do it. It's like, no, no, there has to be, there's, there's always more than one way to tackle something. Um, I watched a, a fantastic TED talk, I think it was recently, which was, talking about perspective and it was actually um, a guy he was fantastic he's a he's a speaker and a magician and he uses a lot, a lot of analogies to really amplify that and he he really he spoke about um, perspective and when you are stuck in that one sort of narrow view you you have this bias where you like almost mentally can't look at it from any other direction so yes. bringing someone else in who is, has not got the same bias as you who's potentially not even in the same industry industry yep. sorry to look at the same problem or look at the same situation and question that or provide their ideas or feedback without having that filter or that bias can be really powerful so the fact Absolutely. that you stepped in with not, none of that I think has been a great driver in setting the business up for the way that it operates today yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and and certainly has driven to to how we operate with the technology and procedures we use as well as we we sort of learn from past experiences and also aren't fearful of change and building something new. So, uh, yeah, it's been exciting. Oh, love it. So, when it comes to tools, whether yep. they be for remote work or for advice delivery in terms of driving efficiency, we have sort of looked at a three-step framework. So we've got the work from home digital tour about to kick off, yep. which is really exciting. And we oh, have wait. sort of boiled it down to a three-step framework around communications, operations, and acquisitions. And we think right. those three things really uh, sort of bundled together, allow an advisor and their team to be set up for success especially in the new worlds of delivering advice or at least through this strange lockdown period. So yeah. if I think about communications, what do you use or what are you using at the moment for internal communications between your team? Yeah, sure. So um, it's probably worth mentioning at the outset as well that our back end, so by that I mean what we use for email and calendar mm -hmm. and document storage and things like that, we use G Suite, uh, Google Suite, which is yep. the sort of enterprise uh, edition or version of uh, Gmail. 
Um, now, not recommending that people necessarily have to use that. Uh, Microsoft 365, which was recently renamed to that, I think it was Office 365 previously, uh, does that similarly as well. So a lot of those sorts of tools come to us through the G Suite that we use, but it's certainly accessible and available through uh, Microsoft 365 as well. So um, we operate with those tools. I also talked about our, our team previously, our, our eight team members. It's also worth mentioning that the age range of our team members is actually between 20 and 71 years old. So a lot of these tools aren't just for the Gen X or the Gen Y or millennials or because we're interested in technology or anything like that. Really, anyone can use them. And often it's the fear of the unknown and the fear of learning something or even trying something is far worse than the actual thing itself. <laughs> so, you know, if I can urge people to just give it a go, uh, you know, I strongly recommend that. So with, with G Suite and like uh, Microsoft 365, uh, we use uh, that for our email, our calendar, uh, video conferencing, chat, instant messaging, to-do lists, uh, document storage, document management, all, all of those sorts of things. So we leverage that with our communications. So with our team, we communicate largely, uh, now that we're doing remote, work um, through video and chat. Um, it's really important to us, and we did a lot of research around this as well, but most people know this as well, is that communication, we think it's critical that communication is done via video uh, as much as possible. We all know that sort of 7% of communication is verbal and um, you know, 93% non-verbal, so you have to be able to see who you're talking to. It's just so, so important. So we're really leveraging that. We'd always used video when we were office-based as well. Obviously now this is the only way we communicate. So we, we use Google Meet for the video component of that. Um, which is very similar to how Microsoft Teams um, would operate. So, so we, we use that a lot. Uh, in terms of how we actually implement that, we have a daily meeting with, with all of our team for 30 minutes every morning and it's on video and it's uh, sort of mandatory, I suppose, in terms of everyone participates and, and jumps online. And in that meeting, we really cover off on things like just general information, um, general news we might, might need to be aware of. That might be financial markets news or uh, oil price going into negative territory the other day, whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, we talk about compliance, we talk about operations. We then have a look at um, tasks or things that are pending and due that, that day or coming up and, and our workloads. And recently as well, we've been talking about tips and traps of sort of remote work, how people are sort of organising their day, how they're using technology and so on too. So we get on video at least daily with all of our team. Uh, beyond that, we use Google Chat, which is just their sort of real-time chat messaging uh, solution. Prior to that, we used a tool called Slack, which probably many people have now heard of, but Google released their own version chat, uh, I think it was about a year ago, maybe, maybe just over. Um, and again, sim similarly, Microsoft Teams offers a similar thing as well. So we've been using that for quite a while, and one of the things that we found was really useful with that was the internal reliance on email dropped probably 80 or 90%. We just don't really have to use email internally any longer. It centralises all of our conversations to one place. You can link documents, images, videos, websites, and it's all in the same place. Um, we spend a bit of time and effort sorting out how we manage that. So we've got channels set up, which is kind of like a concept of folders where you can put related content. So, so pretty much all of our internal communication is now done via video and or chat. So video on a daily basis and chat sort of in between times on an ad hoc basis. Uh, and that's worked extremely successfully uh, for us. 
Uh, and the other thing we, we're doing at the moment is every fortnight we do sort of an all, all team member meeting where we have sort of a, a high level update from the directors about the business. Uh, and then we close with sort of a virtual happy hour or drink session or what have you. So, you know, it's really important for us to keep that cultural feel while we're not actually face to face with each other. Um, so it, it, even though we're not going to uh, potentially go back to an office space, once we're able to actually, you know, get away from self-isolation, we'll do more things face-to-face. Uh, -face. So, you know, some of those meetings might be replaced with going, you know, for, for a coffee or something like that as a, as a meeting somewhere um, or, a, or a service boardroom or something like that. But it's been working uh, extremely well so far. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. And I think I really hope, you know, when we come out the other side of this pandemic that people will really appreciate the time that you are able to connect and get together yes. face to face because it's definitely you know it's the same for us at xy we uh historically pre-covid had a weekly meeting every tuesday where we'd get together face to face in the office and that would yep. sort of go for about an hour or an hour and a half depending and that was just a really good opportunity to go through everything on the agenda but also just have a bit of banter and a Bit of an opportunity to catch up um and because we all we are very much remote we we're sprawled across sydney uh we've got gwen in cebu in the philippines so we, we sort of have a global right. team so we physically can't all be together at once so at least being able to bring some of us together on, on occasion um is really good but mm. a video a tool that's been phenomenal for us and I, I know we've mentioned it on occasion, Clayton certainly has, and I can't remember if I mentioned it to you in email, is Marco Polo. Yes, yes, you did, yeah. Absolute game changer. I okay. cannot speak highly enough about this app. I have gotten, we've got the entire, entire XY team on it, and I've also got my entire family on it. And I actually managed to have a conversation with my, my grandfather yesterday because he was with my mum, who he's obviously right. he's very not, te not tech savvy at all, but I was able to see him and he could see me through video messaging and it's just very uh, off the cuff. It's, it you know, saves you a heck of a lot of time instead of typing out a message. And it's, it's really, it's, it's really as if text messages and say Snapchat or, you know, something like that had a baby. Like that's how I kind of describe it to people. And it's this right. way for you to just get in front of your camera, shoot a quick message. I could record myself and say, Hey Brad, how's it going? You know, check in and then sort of stop that. And it would, and then we'll have a running tally of our, our video chats underneath. And it's, it's right. on demand. So when you've got a, a work team, Phenomenal. You can have different group chats or you can have one-on-one -on -one conversations and drop a question or, you know, update everybody. So especially given this time that we're, we're all forced into physical isolation, um, I know for us as a core team, being able to keep everyone up to date on what's happening, whether things we're working on individually or as a group or as just a few of us has been really powerful just to make sure we're continuing to bring everyone on the journey um, and have keep, keep that high level of communication because I know when you take away those, uh, you know, physical interactions or being able to just lean over and say, hey, what do you think yep. about this? Um, you know, you can, can really have some barriers there with ongoing and, and good communication. So, yes, I highly Absolutely. recommend checking that one out um, if you want to oh, add the toolbox. Excellent. No, that, that, that sounds fantastic. And you did mention it to me. It looks really, really good. And uh, I think you'll say hit on something that we've started using Loom for to record our, our desktops and things like that is the time saving and the efficiency. So when we're doing internal training or if I'm making a change to one of our document templates, for example, 
we used to then have to sort of you know type it up in an email and hope someone can follow it and understand it and so on. Um, now, now we just record it and say, have a look here, this is what's changed. And we just share the link to the video. Uh, and we now use that with our clients as well. So we're, if we're helping them set up budgeting software or walking them through uh, a document we've sent them or something like that, um, you know, what could take you half an hour to write is actually a two minute video. Uh, so th that's actually been fantastic for us. So yeah, you're absolutely right. The efficiency is amazing. Oh, it, absolutely. And it just gives that whole extra layer of personality that you couldn't necessarily get across into an email to yes. a team member or a client. And yeah, in terms of saving time, oh my God, I love it. I would actually, yes. I'd be very interested to know how many Looms and Bonjoro. Bonjoro is another one. Um, wow. Massive fan of Bonjoro in sending out um, individual and personalized videos to clients. Um, yep. I've used that a lot. So yeah, I, I wonder how many videos I've actually racked up over the last couple of years because I am a big video advocate. Anyone who knows me, if you're in XY, there's a good chance you've probably received a video from me. Uh, and that's why, because it just, Excellent. you know, especially, you know, you, you can bring so much energy to a conversation as opposed to just typing an email. And so I, I love it. So yes, if anyone... anyone and that comes back to, you know, most of... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and most of the language comes from body language, doesn't it? Most of communication. It's so important. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, that's really good. Now, in terms of external communication to clients, is there anything yep. sort of above and beyond what you're already using or any, any sort of channels or things that you're doing there that you've found to be really beneficial? Um, look, really the only change for us to remote, re work in remote is using video for our client meetings as opposed to what we would typically do face-to-face. Um, so we, we use video extensively for, for that currently. We were already doing it a fair bit. If we had workers that were based, uh, oh sorry, uh, clients that were based uh, over east, overseas, uh, we have some workers that are FIFO, so we would often use it with them as well. Uh, so that's always worked fairly well. It's just that now it's the norm. And I, I find even clients are adapting to it really well too. You know, the, the fear of the unknown and the fear of being on camera and all that sort of stuff, it really goes away quite quickly actually. Uh, and so that, that's something that now we just do each and every time we, we speak to a client and we'll probably continue doing that into the future. I think what was interesting for us, though, is actually last year we started uh, at the end of our discovery meetings with our clients that were face-to-face -face in our office. We actually started asking the clients, how do you want to engage with us and be kept up to date beyond this point? You know, typically they'd come back for a strategy session and then an SOA presentation or an annual review or whatever it might be. And like with us as employees, there's time spent in traffic. There's time dealing with, you know, what do I do with the kids and how do I pay for parking and how do I take time off work and all of those sorts of things. And we started getting the feedback more and more that once they've met us and built some sort of a relationship with us, which we're achieving through video as well, I think, again, it's that being able to see the person and you start trusting the person and that sort of thing. They were then saying, no, I don't need to come out here again. In fact, please don't make me come out here again. I'd, I'd much rather jump on a video, jump on a phone call, sign a document electronically because now I know you and I trust you and, yep, let's, let's just get this done sort of thing. So it wouldn't actually surprise me if off the back of this, it's not so much whether um, financial advisors or, or, or anyone even outside of the, our profession uh, choose to keep operating this way or not. I think we might actually find that there's a fairly large portion of our client base that will actually prefer to do it this way in the future. So we need to be ready for that, you know, even if we do return to an office space. So uh, it's it's really been extremely good. And if it saves the client's time as it does ourselves, they may want to continue doing that. So um, that's something that we've found. 
Beyond just video, though, something that we've been doing for a while as well, using technology for our client in engagement, is we use uh, Typeform, which is like an online form fill solution. Um, we also have access to uh, Google Forms as part of our suite, but Typeform we find is a bit more user interactive and a bit nicer to use. Um, so we would get clients to fill out a brief form on there to kind of give us the key fact find information we needed before having a conversation. So we would use that prior to having our meeting, whether it's video or otherwise, to get that information. And we find that's really good. It's much quicker than filling it out by hand. Clients can do it at their leisure, which is great. And then in terms of actually running the meetings, we use Calendly as our booking solution to, to do that for our meetings. So, you know, the only thing that's changed really for us recently is the fact that we're doing all of our meetings via video. The technology we use, we've been using for a long time and Calendly's fantastic. We've got SMS reminders and email reminders for upcoming appointments. You can link, you can do a, a link to your website or to a video, which we do, for example, where they see our YouTube channel uh, about what to expect at your first meeting or what to expect in your insurance review and things like that. Um, they, they get those videos just through the process of booking the meeting in Calendly. Um, it allows us to manage our time effectively by having a buffer before and after meetings. So we know we've got a window for things like file noting or preparing for the meeting beforehand. We can't get overbooked or double booked. So that's, that's really been invaluable as well. So at the moment, we've, we've sort of got three tools we use for client meetings both between capturing the data on Typeform, booking the meeting with Calendly and performing the meeting with uh, Google Meet and they, they all work exceptionally well and, and probably one of the reasons uh, why clients didn't even realise that our office had flooded and we were all working remotely. They, they just wouldn't have known so that was fantastic. <laughs> and how much of that process is automated? Is it, is it you've integrated everything so when someone, when a staff team member sends out the email or triggers the, the email for them to book in the calendar, how much is of that is automated versus manual? So at the moment, uh, the the booking side of things, so with, with Calendly, with the links for videos and going into video meetings and so on, that's highly automated. Uh, Calendly can link to most online diaries. It doesn't have to be Google Calendar. It can be Outlook and so on. Um, so it checks your availability. It books you in the meeting. You can book resources, all of those sorts of things. So that side of things is very, very automated. Um, at the moment, our, our CRM is uh, sort of a hybrid between X-Plan and Salesforce. So we do have a manual gap at the moment, which is probably our biggest obstacle right now, um, around generating compliance documents and capturing client data. We're, we're working with an integration at the moment between uh, Typeform and Salesforce, where it can actually pull what the clients have entered online straight through into our CRM. So we're actively doing that right now. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we still think that there's uh, a, a bit of a disconnect there around financial planning software um, that has been around for many, many years and, and sort of is trying to be all things to all people where um, it now is quite complex. So, yeah, we're sort of in between using X-Plan and Salesforce to try and get to that point where we can fully automate the, the CRM experience as well. Um, but in terms of, yeah, bookings, uh, emails, video calls, uh, recording of the videos, note-taking, that sort of stuff, it's fairly well automated now. Um, data capture is still probably one of those gaps and uh, document generation uh, as well, you know, actually generating the, the, uh, the fact find, generating the SOA or the ROA or the review documents. Those are still a bit manual for us that we're, we're trying to sort of work through at the moment. Yeah, so for the advisors out there who are wanting to create this sort of automated system with the bookings and everything, if they're still doing everything manually, yep. how, it, 
can you, can I get some reassurance from you that it's not overly complicated, that it can be done? How much effort is required to do this? Because I just, I, I think about the people when, when we start to dive into tech conversations and, you know, the, 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 the advisors and the people who go, oh my God, I am so not tech savvy. Like how on earth could I ever do that? How hard is it really? <laughs> It, it, it's really not. And I think that comes back to the fear of the unknown. Just just try it. It's quite simple. I think certainly recently over the past couple of years as well, a lot of the software solutions and online solutions, even the providers of those solutions work remotely. And all the help that's accessible to you is only accessible via their website or their own onboarding experience. So you're not likely to have to ring up someone to try and get tech support or anything like that. They're actually pretty good at sort of taking you through that process so you know calendly is an example is if anyone hasn't used it that was extremely valuable to, to us in terms of efficiency because like with most people what we used to do was ring each other back and forth five or six times until we landed at the date and the time we could have the meeting or it was multiple emails now we just attach it to our email and the client fix one it's so simple but the setup is really simple as well um, you know you, you create your accounts it says what calendar system do you use you link your calendar system it says do you want to check your diary for appointments to make sure you're available between you know 9 a.m and 5 30 or whatever you want to set and it just does it for you it's, it's fantastic things like notifying you when someone's booked you it comes through to your inbox as an email so you know when a client's booked your appointment you can reschedule it through that as well so actually getting up and running is dead easy there's no technical knowledge there's nothing really you need it will just take you through that process um, and the other one type form I mentioned is, is very similar uh, you can get a, a free account um, and you can just capture key data and the, the reason we started doing that was uh, you know, we tried fillable PDFs, but, you know, they're still 40 pages long <laughs> for a fact find. Um, we would find that there's huge sections of the fact find that clients either couldn't answer off the top of their head or for a very initial conversation probably wasn't that valuable to us as the advisor either. Um, certainly it will be longer term, but, but not for the first time we meet necessarily. So we just picked sort of 10 questions in the fact find that we thought were really simple um, and we just added them to type form. And when you want to share those questions, it just gives you a, a link, a, a web URL that you can just paste into an email and you, you email it to a client and just say, look, before we meet, I'd love to know, um, you know, the answers to, to the following things. Please click on this link and let me know. Uh, and much like Calendly, when a client fills it out, it emails you the result. So it's really, really easy. Um, you know, software these days, it's not technical anymore. It's, it's very uh, intuitive and particularly around the onboarding, you know, between visiting a website like Calendly and actually being up and running really doesn't take long at all and it walks you through that whole process. So just don't be fearful of, of giving it a try. You know, most of the, the providers that are very good in those spaces are good for a reason and it's because the experience is great. Yeah. Now, let's talk project management. So back office, client journey, making sure no tasks are missed or unaccounted for. What are you guys doing in the back office space to move clients through the journey and track where everyone is up to? Right, so quite simply, everything is 100% process driven. So we use processes inside of Salesforce and that's our workflow. So almost anything we do in our office is driven by a, a process. And we've gone from having, you know, as much as sort of 20 processes back down to three. And I think currently we sit at about six or seven for sort of key deliverables. So we've sort of broken it up into, you know, the onboarding experience and the, the discovery and initial meeting, then the advice delivery. There's um, a, a separate process for reviews and so on. So there's very, very little we do in terms of, 
client work, client experience, and and uh, tasks and 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 work that we're working on that isn't a known procedure. So we're we're red hot on that. Um, all, all all our team have to follow procedures. If there's something that comes up that's a bit ad, ad hoc and it's not a procedure we can kick off to commence, like doing a, a an annual review, for example, um, then it has to be tasked, which is through Salesforce as well. But much like you can do through uh, X Plan and Midwinter and all of those sorts of things. So um, yeah, at any point in time, it's really important to us to know exactly who's working on what and where are we at in that process. So uh, yeah, 100% process driven. And uh, yeah, at the moment, those, those workflows are in Salesforce. Yeah, that's great. And did it take a lot to get all of that set up? Was it quite a, I know that um, you, it can be as simple or as robust as you want it to be. And obviously the more time and energy you put into getting something set up from the get-go, the, the more valuable and, and, and the usability will be, a, will be a lot easier. So was it, quite, was it quite cumbersome to set up or was it sort of easy enough to do? It was easy, but it was time consuming. I think it's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> it, was, it was easy because we had all been doing it for so long that we knew what we had to do and when we did it and that sort of thing. But putting putting it down on paper initially to, to actually plan that out, um, it was just time consuming. And we just did it uh, over a series of uh, team meetings in our boardroom over a couple of weeks. And uh, you know, it started with the onboarding and discovery, and went right through to annual reviews. Um, we already had the document templates, so we knew what tools we used. We knew when we did certain tasks. We just had to write them all down, and, and we literally just wrote them in a spreadsheet, actually, and then uh, and then copy and pasted those into the procedures in Salesforce. So um, yes, yeah, so, so that's how we started. So um, a, a bit time-consuming initially up front. Uh, what, what we've subsequently done, and this is where it was a bit more technical and where we did actually get some support to do that, is to actually try and automate some of those workflows. So really easy to actually write them down, really easy to actually create in Xplan or Salesforce. But what we wanted to do is things like, well, when we provide our strategy document to a client, we wanted to automatically kick off other processes based on what advice or what strategies we had just presented to the client. Um, that's actually fairly simple, but again, you know, the, the first couple of times you do it, we had to Google it and research it and things like that. Um, but once we you did it a couple of times, it was quite simple. So we've um, so it's quite easy to create the processes and to document them and to embed them. Uh, but then to actually automate those was sort of a, another piece to that, um, but really, really valuable. So we've got a client that if we if we deliver a strategy, it says we're going to help them with budgeting, we're going to roll over their super to a, you know, a cheaper provider, for example, and put insurance in place. When we tick a box that says, yes, we've completed the discovery process, tick off the following activities, it then creates three new processes. So, you know, our risk specialist can start on the insurance and someone else can start on budgeting and we can start contacting the super fund for rollovers. And, and, and it's all very clear to us what, what we're doing for our clients. Yeah. Now, I'm really glad you just said budgeting there because yes. cash flow is a hugely, hugely popular topic within XY. Uh, are you using any budgeting software or has that been a part of your offering since day one? Or I'd love to just hear more about how that's evolved and what you're using. Yeah, it's certainly part of our offering since day one. Uh, in At the start of it, it was a spreadsheet <laughs> that we would work on. Uh, since then, we've kind of used everything that's available in the market. So um, I guess our experience, not unlike most advisors, is clients come to us regularly and they say, you know, we earn a combined income of $100,000 
and we think we spend about $60,000. We say, oh, fantastic, you're saving $40,000 a year. And they sort of look at you blankly and say, no, we're not. <laughs> so, um, so obviously our challenge is, well, where did that money go? And we also see quite often where people are spending more than they actually earn, and that's credit card debt and things like that as well. So, um, yeah, so we're actually very, very focused on that side of things. And, um, you know, even when I entered financial planning profession, I thought I'd be spending most of my time doing really complex tax structures and, and complex advice and things like that. But really, most people just need help managing money. <laughs> and that's what we end up spending a lot of our time on. So, yeah, so yeah, we, we do that as a, as a service and we really make that a core focus of what we deliver. Um, currently, we use Money Brilliant to deliver that. Um, we have used all sorts of other uh, providers. Um, we've used Prospera. We, we've used, uh, I mean, if you name a budgeting software or, or, or app, we have trialed it. <laughs> um, one of the things we found, though, is that clients get really excited about it initially, and then we find that their use and uptake of it, or, or sorry, maintaining using it, just falls off a cliff at some point. So they like linking the accounts and setting up their budget goals and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but then at some point, life just gets busy again and and you know we're finding we're getting to the annual review stages and um and you know they weren't really actively using it as much as we'd hoped and um and that sort of thing so um we certainly use it but more so once that they've linked all of their accounts we then kind of take over having those conversations around how they're managing the money whether they've got a surplus and if they've got the surplus what should they be doing with that um, so we, we found it sort of the sweet spot for us to get the data in a cost-effective way and where the app was intuitive and, and our clients used it uh, is money brilliant currently. So we, we just find the app's really, really good. The clients can use it. They understand it. The onboarding and setup simple. We can still extract all of the data we need from it um, for for fact finding and reviews and so on. So um, yeah, so that's what we're what we're currently using. Fantastic. Yeah, you really become the the guide, right, or the coach. Like that's part of the piece that the reason why they're they're coming to an advisor is for to have that accountability for someone who can be like, hey, why are you doing that? Or didn't we suggest we were going to do this and sort of be there to do the hand holding and, and the guiding so that they are heading in the right direction. Uh, so Definitely. that makes makes total sense. Um, Definitely. I would love to, I guess, round out with acquisitions. So we've covered communications and we've certainly dived into operations uh, somewhat. Um, but in terms of acquisitions, so has anything changed or how, you know, given that we've all pivoted to fully remote work um, or what's, what, what are you guys, are you actively looking for new clients? Um, what does that sort of look like at the moment? Yeah, we're always looking for new clients, certainly. I think acquisitions is probably something that uh, is a bit of a challenge for us at the moment in that we've got quite a large existing client base and we've been operating for 19 years now. So at the moment, most new clients that come to us come to us via client referrals uh, or some of our referral partners. So it hasn't really been a big focus of us and certainly it's something that's been lacking in our businesses. We have much more opportunity than we've really leveraged by uh, working with our existing client base and referral partners. So uh, we get referrals, but we don't actually ask for them. That's something that would be quite simple for us to embed in our process, but we don't, we don't typically do that. Um, even with our referral partners, we get great referrals, but we could have a much stronger relationship with those referral partners. So strategically, we're looking at doing a couple of things. One is uh, working with more referral partners and, and embedding that relationship uh, more so. Uh, and the other thing is that we are very much looking at moving into kind of 
our, our next phase we call it equitum 2.0 so you know what does what does you know our, our past business doesn't necessarily look like our future business so what what is that going to look like and we're very much advocates of sort of this concept around uh, sort of a subscription-based type financial planning advice type solution. Um, now, we've still got some, some clients that have, you know, really complex needs that will still probably uh, engage with us the way that, that we have been doing it. But I think, you know, we, we really want to focus on driving the cost to deliver our advice down, which technology has a massive part to play in that. Um, drive that cost down so it's accessible to more people, but then how can we deliver it to more people uh, at the same time? So we're actually currently leveraging, I guess, some of our, uh, our you know, working from home time at the moment to actually build some of that out right now. So we're getting more active in the social media spaces. We just started a campaign which was really great uh, engagement so far that we called uh, How We Work. So we thought we're not the only business that's going through this. What can we share with our own client base and whoever else that we're, we're linked to about how to achieve what we've been able to achieve? So we've launched a How We Work series on social media. I, I, I think, yeah, moving forward, though, it's certainly going to be around uh, um, some sort of a, uh, you know, acquisition through social media, through networking, through professional peers, um, and at a price where it's subscription-based, where you're delivering value, you're not delivering product. Um, and trying to arrive at that sweet spot between being profitable but well-priced for clients. So we're very active in that space uh, at, at the moment, um, but haven't, haven't quite resolved all of it yet. <laughs> yeah, actually, I wanted to ask you, because I remember you mentioning you were kicking off the, the campaign. It was how we work remote is what, yeah. it was how remote work is working for us or something like that? Yes, 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 yes. exactly right. Yes. So what did that yes. campaign look like? Was that uh, blogs, videos? What, what were you put, sort of putting out onto social media? So what we've mapped out, we've only just started it. So we've only done the first two posts. So initially we're saying, I guess, look, we're all in this together. And if what we have done and what we know can help you, we'd love to share it. So that, that was done through social media and, and uh, LinkedIn as well. Uh, and that was really just talking about some of the tools that we use and why we're using them and, and what some of the alternatives are, even most of what we talked about today. That they're certainly not the only solutions in those spaces that you can look at. So um, we just wanted to share that because you don't know what you don't know. And I think there are a lot of business owners at the moment that may never have heard of Calendly or didn't even realise you could do an online form bill or whatever it might be. So we wanted to share that sort of stuff with people. Um, and the engagement in the sharing and stuff like that has been really fantastic. We've certainly noticed that the click rate and the visibility is higher than, I guess, the, the, the more uh, boring, if I can use that term, you know, financial type updates that we put out on social media. So that's been really, really good. Um, the next phase is actually going to be video based. So where we've said things like, oh, we use Calendly to book meetings, we're actually going to record kind of a how-to video. Um, for Zoom, we're going to record a how-to video. We, we think that when we get into sort of that, that level of detail, it's worth actually showing someone how to do it, not just talking about the fact that it's possible. Um, and that might remove some of the fear of people trying to do it as well. So the, the next wave will be some personal videos that, that we will do about the tools that we use. Uh, which is really interesting. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and beyond that, we really are focusing more on video engagement. Um, last year, we started doing video updates to our client base or one-on-one -on -one with our clients. And uh, we've now stopped doing newsletters because we were getting sort of a click rate um, of somewhere around 10% on newsletters. And it's sort of over 60% when you deliver it via a video. So uh, that, that's really been fantastic for us. So we're going to be doing more and more of that, uh, of that sort of work in, in that space. But I think 
um, yeah, moving forward, we, we would often have a client referred to us and they'd go to our website just to kind of reaffirm who we are and what we do. We're kind of trying to flip that on its head to say, well, actually, come and find us because we, like most financial planners, are actually very good at what they do. And we need to tell people that. <laughs> so, you know, come and come and find us. And and we want to help more people, not fewer people. And certainly there are challenges around that as compliance costs are going up and so on. But, you know, we think there's absolutely a solution in there that we can deliver really high quality advice through technology remotely and, and to be able to market and acquire clients through what we do. Absolutely. And the... the the ability like of being able to post through social is the opportunity to build relationships and trust with people, prospects, potential clients before you even had a conversation with them, which absolutely. that's what I absolutely love. And because especially with the younger generation, they will like, we, I know that my, like Craig, my partner and I, we do it with everything. We will Google stuff. Like if we're interested or we're like someone suggests something, I don't pick up the phone and call the business. I look them up online every time. Like that sure. is the first point of call. So if people are going to be doing that, whether they're broadly looking for financial advice or financial advisor in, in Perth, or if they're specifically looking for Brad or, or Equitum, like they're heading online. So give them yep. something where like when they're going to show up, they're going to get a real good sense of what you're about, what you do, how you can add value to yeah. them and, and just add some personality to it. That is hugely, hugely important. Um, so I think that's fantastic. And I am really keen to follow along with all the content and everything you push out and check in at a later date and see how the, the remote work campaign's going and um, yeah, keep up with the traction. Cause yeah, that sounds yeah. super, super exciting. And just on that yeah. as well, I heard a fantastic quote just recently and it just made me think of it when you talked about instead of just posting and telling people hey here's zoom or hey here's calendly like you can use calendly uh this quote was the acquisition of knowledge brings about satisfaction so you know when you read a self-development book or you see a post or something and it's and it's the knowledge and it's teaching you like hey you can do this that brings about satisfaction because you realize that okay so that's how that's done but it's only through the application of knowledge that brings about fulfillment. So basically in a shorter sense, it's the practicing of it and actually physically yep. doing it. So if I was a was someone who landed on your page and I've just been introduced to the world of Calendly that you've told me about, but you haven't just told me about Calendly, you've actually shown me how to use it. And it's something yep. that I could follow along and do it there and then on my screen yep. is yep. 10 times more powerful. So in that you know, two minute video or whatever it is, you've given me the tools to be able to practice, which is going to then bring about the fulfillment of like, oh my God, I can actually do it and I'm doing it. So that would be fantastic and add a whole extra layer to it. So yeah, that was and, a little nugget. And we all know knowledge, you know, knowing you can do something is very different to actually taking the steps to do it. <laughs> you know, like all great ideas, there's no shortage of ideas, but it's who actually executes those ideas. And sometimes it's just because you need your hand held. So yeah, we very much want to, you know, do that for people for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and Sorry, I was just going to say, taking yourself out or, um, you know, it's really easy to get stuck in the, the mindset of like, oh, Calendly, like so easy. Like, you know, we use it every single day. But to remind yep. yourself that you're right, there are people out there who have never heard of it before. So, yep. and it's the same thing with it, you know, explaining different aspects of advice or money management, being able to go really take off the, the advisor hat or the, the marketing hat and going, okay, put yourself in someone else's shoes and really go, okay, let's walk them through the process 
from the yep. beginning and just kind of really take a step back so that you're bringing them on the journey instead of just assuming that they know what you're talking about. Absolutely, yeah. And look, the other thing I was going to mention is in terms of acquisition, it's also important for us as advisors or business owners to be honest with ourselves about, um, you know, removing ourselves from our own business or, or our own knowledge, what we need to change. And one of those things that we're looking at doing as well is to say, look, in, in the past, yes, we've got a website and a social page and so on, but it wasn't designed to drive acquisition. It was just so that we were findable effectively in search. Um, and so we sort of had to say, okay, but if we want to actually acquire new clients and we want to change what it looks like and how we price and how we deliver it, looking with fresh eyes at our current online presence, does that align to what we know our strategy is? And the answer was absolutely no, it doesn't. So, um, so you know, even redoing our website, we're taking this kind of you know, uh, self-isolation uh, uh, period to actually look at redoing our website as well. So it's not just the social pages, but it all goes glove in hand as you were talking about. So, you know, it's one thing to, to try and drive traffic, but if they then end up on your website but can't get the answer to what they're looking for, you didn't achieve what you were hoping to. So, um, yeah, so you really need to hold yourself accountable to what you're trying to achieve and have you actually really got the, the, the tools and the steps to be able to do that. And if not, you need to make that change. So uh, it, it, our website and social pages have been like that for many years. Uh, and at some point you need to go, okay, let's redo this. <laughs> um, and that's actually quite exciting if you're willing to change and, and uh, you know, look at, look at the strategies around improving your business for the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just like the, the journey evolves for clients, you know, the, 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 the plan is an ever-evolving um, you know, peace, right? The clients, things happen, they have an inheritance or they want to send the kids to private school. Like the, the financial plan is constantly evolving and changing and, and so would be an advice business. So, yes. you know, instead of having your website stuck from 10 years ago, you've yes. certainly evolved as an advisor in a business. Why not let your website reflect that as well? So 100% agree with that. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. So as we round out what has been a great conversation and sorry, what were you going to say just then? Oh, so I was going to say, be remissing me as well because my team also said, please make sure you talk about password management <laughs> as oh. a tool. Uh, if there's one takeaway, and if I said to said to our team, what's the one tool you could not live without that we're currently using? It's password management. So I just want to make sure I made mention of any businesses that are trying to manage multiple people, multiple passwords, password resets, multiple logins, apps, all of that kind of stuff. Get a password management tool. It's a lifesaver. So we use LastPass for ours. And uh, another one is one password, and there's there's a few of those there. But but I think even though we take advantage of a lot of software and tools and so on, that's the one thing we probably couldn't do without. So uh, yeah, if you're drowning under passwords, grab something like that for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm the same. Even just personally, like I agree, we're the same. Uh, we utilize LastPass. It's you know it's it's done the job. It, it does it does exactly what we need it to do, and, and especially just keeping that um, sort of uh, ease and flow between the team. And uh, you can also um, you know, you don't, you can have different settings, right? So you can have different permissions and stuff, which I think is quite useful as well. So you don't actually physically have to, um, you know, share the password itself with team members. You can just grant them access. So it just kind yeah. of allows for that extra sort of layer of security if you need it or want it Absolutely. as well. So it is quite versatile. So yes, I agree. So shout out to the team for bringing that one to life. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's been absolutely brilliant. That, that one and the fact that we have sort of banned attaching physical documents to emails and correspondence. Yeah. Only use links. <laughs> the minute you have to download or upload a document, one of them's out of date and you don't know who's done what with it. So, yes, please use links. <laughs> Share so, documents or attach documents. <laughs> oh, my God, that is so true. Well, that's 
There's been some fantastic things shared here. And I know that you actually posted in XY uh, sharing all the tools that you use. So I will make sure to sort of recopy that uh, when we post this, this podcast out. Um, and then anyone can certainly uh, get in touch, I suppose, if they want to ask you right. any questions. So, yes, where can people go to reach out? Um, where, where, where can everyone sort of get in touch should they want to pick your brain for more tech uh, questions? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're very happy to contact us through our website and through, well, I'm sure you'll link my contact details. I'm on LinkedIn. You can email me directly. Uh, this is part of, I guess, the, the community we all want to be part of is that, uh, you know, you want to help other people and be available to other people and vice versa. So, yeah, very, very happy to, to, uh, to hear from people. Um, my direct email address is just brad at equitum.com.au. So you're welcome to contact me directly if you need any help or, or some tips about what we've talked about for sure. Fantastic. I'll make sure that is in the show notes as well. Um, and my final question is, I would love to get your perspective. Once we get through this really sort of strange and bizarre period of time and we step into what will inevitably be, inevitably be the new world, what would you like that to look like for advice or where would you like to see uh, this industry head in terms of how we operate um, either in the remote sense or just in general, is there anything that you would love to see evolve for the industry? Look, I think at a high level for financial services and financial planning as a, as a profession, it would be fantastic if at the outset of all, of all of this uncertainty is that people have started to realise sort of on, on mass the value that we can add. Uh, I, I think, you know, usually a lot of the stuff that's in the media and things like that off the back of the Royal Commission and so on that would be more sort of consumer or public facing, it just doesn't really paint us in a, in a good light. But we know the reality is actually nothing like that for the, for the vast majority of, of everyone in our profession. So uh, I know in our business, we've certainly been seen as, as, you know, even more so a trusted source of information and help during this sort of pandemic, the uncertainty around job security and financial security and the impact on whether or not you should access your super early and all of these sorts of things, there's only one area that they can come to for that sort of help and it's out. So I, I think it'd be great if, if sort of consumers start to get more and more positive feedback and, a, and, a, and a, a sort of a greater view of our profession would, would be amazing off the back of that as well. Um, I, I think from internally within our profession, I think that uh, I agree with sort of most of the commentary where we understand some of the reasoning behind some of the changes that have been made in light of LAF changes and Royal Commissions and so on. We won't get into all of those now, but um, I, I think a lot of it is trying to drive an outcome, which would be hard to sort of disagree from in terms of, you know, driving us towards a profession. But I just hope that there's a bit more common sense around how that's actually delivered and what's expected of advisors off the back of that. Uh, and then beyond that, really moving forward, I, I think any financial planning practice that's positioned well for the future, and by that I mean either structured with, you know, not just tools and process and technology, but, you know, a great team and a great culture that are willing to um, make the necessary uh, necessary changes, that will do the study and all of those sorts of things. I, I, I truly think we're going to be in a position where there's going to be fewer advisors and more clients that need the help. So what a great business to be in if that's, if that's the future outcome. So I'm excited about making sure we're positioned to take advantage of that moving into the future because uh, you know, our business, our team has no plans to, uh, you know, to, to not continue advising and not to be here for another 30 years. So, you know, this is sort of short-term pain for long-term gain. And I think people can't be fearful of the change. They just need to manage it um, and, and be open to it because often the change, like we've even talked about just with some te technology changes, um, the, the outcome is actually 
you know, a magnitude better than, than what we started out with. So, uh, you know, I think in the right context, all of that change will be good. So I'm excited for the profession moving forward. Um, there's going to be a bit of a bit of pain for us to sort of get through the next couple of years. But uh, even during those years, not not only beyond those years, there's a lot of opportunity for, for practices that are that are really willing to look at how they're running and revisit their strategy, re, revisit how they're delivering advice, um, revisit who their target markets are, all of those sorts of things, because there's so much value we can add and so many people need our help. So that's that's exciting. Agreed, agreed. Well, well said. I, yeah, I, I loved all of that. It was fantastic. Well, look, thank you, Brad, so much for coming on. It's been thank great you. to have a chat with you and unpack a few of those things. And yeah, anyone who wants to reach out uh, can definitely do so on XY. And um, yeah, let's, here's to lifting the bar and, and pushing this profession, giving it the recognition it so very much deserves. So thank you. Fantastic. Thanks, Em. I appreciate no it. No worries. Talk soon.